0: Hello, I'm Jill Baker and would like to welcome you to Hempson's second series of Inquest podcasts with Liz Stokes and Elspeth Rose who are both members of Hempson's Healthcare Advisory Team. Liz and Elspeth cover inquests across the north of England and have experience in various coroner's courts. Our first series of podcasts took listeners through the journey of an Inquest and having responded to the feedback of what you would like us to include in the second series, we're now going to be looking at specific types of inquests, um, again giving helpful background and advice. So, moving on to our first podcast in the second series, the topic of today's inquests is really looking at inquests um, that are more more based on sort of the social care environment um, and where there have been deaths either in a care home or involving care home residents. To kick off I'd like to ask Liz, um, can you just let us know what are the big differences in a social care environment please?
1: Well essentially an inquest where there's someone who's been uh, uh, living in a, in a care home or nursing home are, are, are the same as any other inquest. The principles are the same in terms of it's an investigation into the circumstances of death. But there are some more subtle differences around um, the issues that might come out during an inquest um, and the way that staff might need to be supported. Um, So I think it's primarily the focus on specific issues that might come out. Someone might be in a care home or a nursing home sometime before their death or before going into hospital. um, Or the death might arise as a result of a fall or an incident that happened in the care home. So there's two sort of types, I think, of. Of care home deaths would you agree Asked Beth?
2: Yeah absolutely I think um like you say that the principles are the same um but there are certain things that seem to crop up more regularly when we deal with care home inquests, so like Taylor um quite often we'll see um incidents following a fall um and so obviously what sort of goes hand in hand with that is looking at documentation, um, assessing falls risks, for instance, of certain residents um, and how that's been uh, assessed, calculated and um, documented. And also things like pressure sores, again, um, things that uh, are more commonly found with the um, more elderly or bed bound um, sort of residents and so those are things that um, coroners may be interested in in looking at how those are managed and cared for um, and treated I suppose in in that environment. Um, Liz what do you think are there sort of other issues that you think uh, crop up or key things that it would be good for people to think about?
1: I think one of the things and um, I is around the communication between services. I think we mentioned beforehand around um, who is responsible and, and then it also comes back to the documentation point again, doesn't it? So in terms of keeping a note of, you know, if healthcare professionals have been coming in from outside um, up to date and it's recorded appropriately so that in the circumstance of an inquest, if, if the coroner is asking about um, the chronology and the care is absolutely clear from both the documentation and the understanding as to who was responsible for providing which bit of care. Um, and just the consistency of it as well, making sure that um the policies are followed um that are in place are followed consistently and that staff are aware of those policies and can um, show that they're adhering to them as well. And again, that again comes back to documentation, doesn't it? So if you have a mm-hmm. a care record that is updated um, can be followed that way. And, and I
2: suppose obviously what is person now is um i'm seeing uh and and you'll be seeing cases where there's been um covid uh covid infections um deaths from covid or um coroners having uh, an interest um or at least families having an interest in how um the pandemic's been managed within care homes and sometimes it's, um, well, quite often some of these issues are not even necessarily within the scope of the inquest precisely, but of course they're of concern to family members. And so what we end up um, discussing with clients is the importance of having maybe meetings with families to try and cover some issues that are not salient or pertinent to the actual inquest, but are clearly of importance to them and their loved ones. And so we can sort of um, whittle out or, or whittle down, shall I say, the issues so they can be dealt with outside of the inquest. And then we just deal with the
1: specific scope uh, whilst at the inquest. Do you think is that sensible? Yeah. Is that what you find this as well? Oh, yeah. I think that's really important because, it, because I've had experience of care home inquests where families have significant concerns about areas of care but they're not necessarily um issues that the coroner or the inquest um itself um are are looking at or should be looking at or relevant to to the cause of death but it doesn't make those issues any less important but it just means that they um should possibly be addressed outside the inquest process either by you know the internal complaints process or as you say meetings with the families beforehand um, if those issues can be addressed before an inquest it, it might then make it the, the whole process and procedure uh, somewhat easier um, by the time you mm. get to the, to the inquest and i itself. think
2: because of the pandemic um communication is a massive point that comes up um across the board not just obviously with the care home related inquests or a community care inquests but in hospitals as well and so um That's one of the biggest things. So if it's possible to to make time and to be able to have those meetings outside of the inquest process, um, it's immensely helpful, I find, for uh, families to be able to get some answers um, and and some sort of validation. Because obviously it's been a struggle across the board. and as a reminder, um, just as a bit of a refresh, obviously we talk about the the scope of the inquest is, you know, who the person was, um, when they died, where they died, and how they died. So, uh, how did they come by their death? And so things like communication issues, or or not um, necessarily being able to visit your loved ones um, in nursing homes uh, as and when ad hoc and when you want, those fall outside of that scope. But obviously um can be very important to to the the loved ones so have we got Liz would you say there's um some key points almost a, sort of uh almost bullet points as to what to look out for when
1: there's care home related inquests um i think just go back to obviously the beginning really that there's the a key issues that come out are, are around um Falls management and risk assessments yeah. and documentation and communication—they're the, the issues I would see. Yeah. But just, just moving on slightly, and I think a really key issue, and and slightly different different with perhaps um, care home and social care inquests is is the need to support staff members mm. and carers, um, who most of which will never have attended an inquest before, um, and it, it is a process that is. Um, Possibly out with their day-to-day experience, and and that support I think has to be um, really strong within the care home setting yeah. as well. Where um, I think that is an issue in terms of um, if there's a, any suggestion that their their documentation or the care they're being their providers being questioned in its way in any way, the clear outline of the process of the inquest needs to be um, provided to them, and proper uh, ongoing support throughout the whole yeah. process I think is really key. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, I think that's very important.
0: Th- that's a really interesting point, actually. And sorry, I sound as though I'm doing a little bit of a sales pitch, but I will just jump in there because obviously you're talking about, um, you know, staff that could really be quite worried, and, and they're putting into a, an uncomfortable situation and don't have that sort of experience. Um, and and obviously those were some of the issues that we looked at within the first series was actually the journey of of an inquest, and um, you know it could be that if, if if any listeners are in that sort of position. Um, you know, don't forget that we still have on our website the first the first series, um, and there there could be some helpful advice. Really, I think all you know, it goes back to the whole idea of if you know what to expect and mm. you understand the process, then there can be some assurance, uh, and that can be quite helpful. Um, yeah,
2: definitely, definitely. So I think thank you both. Are, the... are there any
0: sort of other points that yeah? Are there any other points that you would like to sort of cover? I mean, I, I found it interesting from my point of view that. Having listened to that, th- th- there's again some key points. You know, it- it's about communication, particularly with this when you're talking about the various bodies um, that that can be involved. You know, there's lots of different organisations, um, and it can be quite complex.
2: Yeah, to have because obviously there's there's um, lots of different agencies that are involved in you know um, care and in in care homes. You know, you could have district nurses and tissue viability nurses and things like that um, and it's and then obviously caring staff and it's there's quite a lot of people in the mix and so it's it's important to be able to understand those interactions and how that information flow happens um, so i think those are sort of the the key things to look out for really
1: And it's important also to be able to identify the role that that, that the residential nursing home plays in the inquest as a whole. I mean, it may be Mm -hmm. it may be central to the inquest um, in terms of that might be the you know, the place and the specific circumstances of where someone died. Or it may be fairly peripheral. It may be sort of just to provide some basic background information into into someone's um, history. Before sort of events maybe overtook and then there was admission to hospital or some of the other incident that caused the death. So it's just about understanding exactly the the role that um, social care setting might have played um, yeah. and, and maybe have to play in an inquest um, process itself. I think
0: definitely. Thank you. I think that was really helpful, and I mean, again, we talked about communication, and, and I mean, another common theme, obviously, is all that sort of documentation as well. You know, following the processes, having that sort of documentation in place, and um, and again, the the other common theme is that um, this is an incredibly difficult situation for the families, and I think something that you you know sort of made us all very aware of, which we're aware of anyway is, um, you know, obviously the issues around the pandemic as well, and the fact that some of these families may not have been able to visit and sort of certain difficulties um, that all exacerbate what is already a very difficult situation. So I think, you know, what you were saying about those conversations before the inquest and, and just that really sort of open communication with the family as well can can help the whole process. Definitely. Thank you ladies. Um, you know I, I think that was re- really useful and, and sort of really helpful just to just sort of show as you sort of say that, that there's a lot of similarities, but it's just being aware isn't it of those differences and the different context um, which was which was very helpful so thank you everybody and as usual, please please do get in touch if you've got any comments or again any suggestions for any sort of specific areas that you'd like us to cover and um, you can get in touch with me at j.baker at hempsons.co.uk. Thank you, ladies. We look forward to our second podcast.
2: Thank you.